Welcome to The Sages Among Us. What makes a community great? Most importantly, it's the people who live and work there and are engaged in community life. The Sages Among Us focuses on those people, what they do and why they do it, and celebrates the leadership, time, and energy they bring to making a positive difference for all of us. And good evening. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores, and you are listening to The Sages Among Us. And my guest tonight is Brad Sparks. Brad is a high school football coach, and I'm going to tell you just a little bit about him. Um, Brad, first of all, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. So Brad was born in Yuba City, California. He played high school football and graduated from Marysville High School. Started coaching in 1995, where he became the head freshman football coach at Marysville High School. He coached at Marysville for 18 years, served as the head coach at Marysville from 2003 to 2007, and he moved to Grass Valley in 2011 and started coaching football for then head coach Dave Humphers. In 2011, he was the varsity offensive line coach for that season, and in 2013, he was the JV defensive coordinator. In 2014 and 15, he was the head freshman football coach, and in 2016, Brad served as the head football of operations. In 2018, he was hired as the head football coach at Nevada Union Varsity, and uh, he's married to Shauna. He has three sons, one daughter, three grandchildren. He says he loves this community, and moving up here was one of the best decisions he's ever made. And Brad, I think we're all very happy to have you here. So, and thank you for saying yes to the Sages Among Us. Yeah, absolutely. I. Uh blessed and really thankful to be here. So in looking over your uh, resume, you are a lifelong coach. There's no question about that. And I'm wondering, what is it in your life that made you, if you can pinpoint something, made you become a coach? Oh, wow. Well, there's a couple things. Uh, you know, I was that uh, the kid who wasn't the best, but I overachieved i worked really hard i before there was really watching film i used to watch a ton of film uh the head coach at the time at marysville his name was todd anderson um he used to show film in a classroom and i'd go in there at breaks and at lunch and after school and and i just uh was a student of the game and that actually helped me be a better player and it kind of started from there um and then uh, one year out of junior college, I kind of, I saw my, that same head coach up at Bridgeport. And uh, I told him, I said, hey, you know, if you guys ever need any help, uh, let me know. And he says, well, shoot, uh, we could use you right now. Show up Monday. <laughs> Just <laughs> so like that. Monday showed up. Yeah. And I got on the practice field and he handed me a whistle and a hat and said, oh, by the way, you are, you are now our head freshman coach. <laughs> and it kind of started from there. Well, and I'm guessing with 20 years of coaching, you've seen some differences uh, among the youth, but then also uh, kids are kids. So can you speak to that a little bit about how, uh, how kids are kids and yet they're facing some pretty big differences over a 20-year span? Yeah. Uh, you know, everybody does the I can remember 20 years ago, video games are going to kill off football because they'd rather just stay at home. And then, you know, now it's social media and, you know, um, uh, the, uh, 
the um, what do you call it? Uh, all that TikTok and such. TikTok and and all that and virtual reality and you know and that's going to do away with it. And uh, I don't know. I I think you're always going to have a percentage of uh, young adults who and kids who want to play sports. But one of the things I've seen for sure is when I first started this venture in '95, I would say uh, you would see more uh, more kids. Uh, engaged in outdoor activities. And uh, my wife and I talk about this quite a bit is uh, when we lived in Marysville, uh, we lived on Sweezy street and uh, you know, Christmas morning, you'd see kids out there riding new bikes and playing with balls and trampolines and hula hoops and roller skates and skateboards and shoot about 10 years ago, Christmas morning, it was a, you know, <laughs> there was no kids up and down the street because they're all inside playing video games. Um, but what, one of the things I am seeing is, is um, the there is a drop in the amount of uh, kids who are participating in in sports. Um, but what what is interesting is uh, the kids today who are participating are a little bit more rounded in the sense of uh, they're able to uh, adapt quicker uh, than kids I uh, coached in the past. They they take more information. Um, and they learn uh, what we're presenting to them uh, quicker. So these last couple of years have been especially challenging. And I, I spoke with another faculty member recently about the difficulties kids must be having. And his point of view was that the kids were actually more resilient than the adults. Did you, do you find that to be true? I do, um, especially through covid um, you know, I, I got to be quite honest with you. Um, we, it, it was a struggle. Uh, we, uh, we didn't, we weren't able to have a fall football season, um, in 2020. And so it got pushed to the spring and it was really interesting. The kids were disappointed, but really dealt with it well. And were in constant communication with me and were eager to do online football to our huddle account and, zoom meeting and where the parents really struggled with it. Uh, the parents were, you know, very frustrated, um, you know, um, in the sense that we weren't able to play, um, and, you know, frustrated and disappointed. And, uh, it was interesting to see the kids though. They may have felt the same way, but they were kind of pushing through it. Well, uh, as you know, I live with one of your coaches and I don't know that he did all that well with it. <laughs> In terms of resilience, I think the coaches were more disappointed um, in some aspects because there was so much start, stop, start, stop. Kids just rolled. Yeah, it, it, yeah, it was difficult, you know, and there was stuff. Uh, yeah, yeah, your husband, what a great man. I love him to death. Uh, and my whole staff, is they're so great. But all of us, uh, you make a great point. I mean, it was, you know, here we're playing. Nope, we're not. Here we get to practice. No, you don't. And uh, we had the two-game spring season, and it was very difficult. Um, you know, our kids were testing every week. Uh, in the week we played our first game against Bear River, no negative tests on the varsity. We got to play, and then uh, we ended up having to use a new test uh, that was more accurate and – um, because there was a thought that maybe, you know, the tests that we were taking weren't uh, dependable or reliable enough. 
So we went to a new test and we had one negative case or one positive case and that that shut our our, our third game down because we were able to play two games. And um, it was very frustrating for me. Uh, you know, I got, uh, you know, in a pretty good argument with our nurse and, you know, I'm telling my athletic director doing the whole thing of, well, <laughs> you know, if this test is more accurate, why are we shutting everybody else down when you know that they have a negative test and this one person is positive, you know, and it was just hard to deal with. It was very difficult. And our parents uh, really struggled with it as well. And, uh, but I got to tell you, our, our kids and our parents, our school, our community has really done a good job. Just uh, keep, keep, keep moving forward. Keep moving forward, indeed. And um, I am talking to Brad Sparks. You are listening to the Sages Among Us on KVMR. Brad, one of the things I remember when you took over was a focus on uh, being part of the community, having your athletes not only play sports, but show up and represent. And I'm wondering where that thought process came from and will it continue post-COVID? Yeah, especially now now that our kids can, um, you know, go back and, and support the community. Yeah, uh, where it came from was, is uh, so... When I came up here in 2011, uh, my son, uh, my oldest son, Owen, uh, was not able to play his entire senior year because um, he he transferred from Marysville High School up to Nevada Union. And CIF has a rule called um, undue influence that states that any coach, booster member, teacher, whatever, leaves one school, comes to another, any players following that school going to another school are deemed ineligible. Um, and CIF didn't, it, it didn't matter whether I was his, his dad or not. And so my oldest son sat uh, his entire senior year. And what I was uh, astonished by uh, from our community was their support for my son and my family. Uh, I had people pouring out, you know, con- contacting me, trying to give us money for attorneys and, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> any legal help we could. And it, it was just overwhelming. Um, and I never forgot that, um, I came from Marysville and there's still part of me that will always bleed, bleed orange and black. And, uh, that's my alma mater, but I did, I never felt that connection to community like that. Then, um, this, this community literally embraced us. And, um, I told myself if I ever got an opportunity to be the head coach up here, I would definitely make sure that, um, our kids understood the importance of community and giving back. Well, this show really is a has a focus on collaboration and, and community. What do you do to build those relationships between people and your organization? Well, it's about it is it's about creating those relationships. So there is stuff that's been put in place in the past. Um, Mike Bratton's uh, Turkey Trot. Uh, we had Paint the Town Blue. Um, there's been um, uh, we do uh, we used to help with Starry Starry Night. Uh, we do the rake uh, event where we load up and deliver firewood to the elderly and people who, who need it. Uh, but we've done stuff like moving people. <laughs> we've done stuff uh, like cleaning people's yards. Um, and it, it, we uh, one, one of the things I did when I took over is the quilt show that happens at the fairgrounds, uh, we instantly started helping them uh, load up their all of their materials for the cult show at the fairgrounds and and then uh, um, 
set them up for them at the fairgrounds. And so I believe in creating that you create those relationships just by getting the kids involved. And it's funny to see so many people of our community just want to talk to our kids and our kids engage back in the, the relationships that our kids build with our community. It's, uh, that's the important stuff. All the wins and losses, uh, you know, my coaching staff will tell you, I say it all the time, that stuff will come. But building dependable, hardworking, trustworthy, uh, capable uh, young men and women is the most important thing. And you've been at this long enough that some of your players have grown up, grown up and become family men of their own. Obviously, you have grandchildren. Have you had that come back to you? Have you had players come back, talk about the impact that you've made? Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's interesting. Uh, right when I took over, uh, we played Yuba City High School, and one of the players on the varsity, uh, his dad played for me at Marysville. And so... <laughs> Wow. It was interesting, uh, yeah, being on the field afterwards and, you know, saying, man, your son kicked our butt. <laughs> and him talk about, you know, the impact I had on on him and how he has transferred so much of that to his son. Um, there's a young man that I coached at Marysville who is coaching right now uh, arena football who went into the military. And uh, we, we, we speak probably once a month. And... Uh, it's, it's, those are the things I cherish the most. Uh, it really means a lot to me. You may, you've touched on the answer to the next question, actually, because I know that uh, football is, some people think it's Friday night, but I know better. And it's, you know, 24-7, basically. You give a huge investment of time and energy. And I'm wondering, what is it that makes it personally worthwhile for you? Oh, it's, it's the journey. It's building the relationships. Um, you know, I, I give you a little tidbit. One of the best things that's ever happened to me coaching is uh, about two, in 2000, um, I was the head JV coach at the time, and I had a player on the team who uh, was homeless. Um, he lived in Clipper Mills in a trailer, um, and mom was struggling, and dad was out of the picture, and... Um, Reed came out and uh, he was under a 1.0 and I had to cut him from the team. And he asked if he could just come to practice and help every day. And, and I said, well, sure. And uh, he mentioned that it might be hard for him because now that he wasn't playing, he might have to go home and home. He didn't have any power. And, and the story got a little worse and worse. And then I told him, I said, well, you know, here's my phone number. Have your mom call me. You know, you can stay with us until she gets her feet on the ground. Well, the next day he showed up with a, a trash bag with, you know, I think maybe a pair of underwear, a couple shirts, and a pair of shorts. And, you know, one night turned into a week. One week turned into one month. One month turned into three months. Three months turned into a year. And then, you know, we basically adopted him. And, uh, you know, he's uh, I consider him a son. And uh, his son is. Uh, one of my grandsons and uh, his wife and, you know, we helped them get married and they lived just down the road from us. And so that's the kind of, that's the connection. That's why, that's really why I do this is to build the relationships and, and have a positive impact on our, on our youth and our community. It sounds like, and saved a life or two in the process. <laughs> uh, Maybe, but I think they've saved, I think most of them have saved my life more times than I've saved theirs. <laughs> 
Do you have someone that was a mentor to you that was the example for you to become the person that you are? I had multiple ones, but the one that you know, there's two of them that stand out. You, you know, my parents, especially they, during the flood of uh, eight, uh, 86 and Linda, we, uh, we had family out there and, uh, you know, traveled to Beale Air Force Base and I woke up and I was probably 10, let's see, 10, no, I was 12 and uh, woke up in the morning and our living room was full of people and they stayed with us for months. And it's just, my parents were always great people. My mom was a teacher and a principal and my dad owned a body shop and, and they were just always about giving back. Um, but coaching wise, uh, Neil Stinson was my mentor at Marysville. He was my head JV coach. And then he took over as the head coach at Marysville before I got, before I started, uh, before I was the head coach there. And he taught me a lot of those lessons about being a head coach. And then secondly, I would have to say Dave Humphers. Uh, Dave Humphers had a huge impact on me. And uh, I, I still talk to both of them probably once a week um, still to this day. Um, um, amazing that you learn so much and then you pass it on and that you are really making a difference. When um, are some examples of the needs in this community that you think people could get involved with, especially around youth and sports? Well, you know, shoot, that's a, that's a, that's a good question. But, you know, I would say this, if you're a parent, be involved. Um, even when your kids say, you know, or make you feel like they don't want you to be there, they do. Um, we've been fortunate the past couple of years. We've had some really great grandparents involved. Um, and I would say, you know, if you don't have kids in a program or, you know, or grandchildren, anything you can do to make a positive impact on our youth today. Um, you know, a great, a great thing that I, I try to do now is even down our hallways, <clears throat> excuse me, we, there's a group of girls sitting in front of uh, our locker room door and they, they sit up in front of it and they probably don't use the best language <laughs> every time I walk by and they're kind of put out every single time I have to ask them to move. And one day I just changed the dynamics and just said, Hey, no, you guys stay here. I'm going to go around this other door. And before I did, I just said, Hey, how are you guys doing today? And school going and at first they were you could tell they're a little uh not receptive um but then they gradually got a part of it and cracked a couple jokes and these girls usually leave the trash in front of the locker room door every day and when i went around and came back out at the beginning of the period i unlocked the doors and all the trash was picked up and i found out from security that they had picked up all their trash and so i think if you can just be involved and have a positive impact and you don't have to coach, you don't have to do anything, but just reaching out and, uh, you know, creating a positive relationship uh, has a huge impact on our youth. Well, I'm talking with Brad Sparks. I'm Holly Grimaldi Flores, and this is The Sages Among Us on KVMR. Brad, I have a couple of more questions for you. One um, about our community as a whole. I know the program when there was win-win-wins and state titles and championships, you couldn't find a seat in the stands, and several years has not been quite that way, and then COVID, of course. How can yeah. people become involved in your organization? What kind of, what do you need? Is it 
showing up and just being present for the kids? Do you need volunteers, et cetera? Oh, well, I would, you know, yeah. And I, of course, I'm always going to say, you know, volunteers, volunteers, volunteers. But the thing that really makes the biggest impact is when our stands, in fact, you, you probably got to see this, uh, the night we played uh, Ponderosa and had a triple overtime uh, win, the stands were, you know, not full, but there's quite a few people there in the Colfax game, which was back and forth. Just, stand, you know, people in the stands make a huge difference to our kids. Um, you know, I, I just, again, I'm going to say uh, just being a part of the program and showing up and watching is probably the biggest uh, positive impact on our program. Being a part of our booster club, of course, always helps, but I'm telling you, when our kids see and our cheerleaders, especially in our band and our choir and our student section, sees uh, the community in the stands, I'm telling you, it makes a huge impact. They they may not say it, but they really do appreciate it. So many people talk about this community being so special, and you came up here not far away. I'm going with that black and orange was really for the Giants. It wasn't. Um, your alma mater. <laughs> I'll just think that when I see those colors on you. Um, so how do you feel or what do you feel makes our community so special? It's the blue collar, hardworking, small town, got your back uh, feeling. Um, when I was in Marysville, Marysville is not much smaller than Grass Valley. You know, it's about 25,000 people. Uh, but I never had the connection where I could walk into a restaurant and people are like, oh, hey, coach, or, you know, hey, Mr. Sparks, or it, it's incredible. Um, in Marysville, uh, you know, I I went quite a few places and nobody, nobody would have known who I was. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just saying there's definitely this feel of community that I've never felt. Um, I'm every day that I'm able to go to downtown Grass Valley and see our businesses. And my wife and I have date nights and we eat our local restaurants like the Owl and Serenos. And then we go to Nevada City and go to the, the National. And we love it. Um, it's, it's a great atmosphere. It's this stepping back in time, small town environment that uh, is just something special. It really is. I think that's why there's been Hallmark movies and books written about it. Yeah, I'm thinking, I was actually thinking about some of those football movies where, like, sometimes it's great to be the coach when you walk in there, and sometimes you're like, eh, I would like to be lost in a bigger city. <laughs> but I'm guessing that doesn't yeah, happen wife, too often. It, well, my, my wife has some great stories. So she'd tell you we were at a gas station this, uh, years ago, and, you know, it literally was like three in the morning because we were leaving for somewhere and literally a parent started to ask me about football. <laughs> and so, you know, it's three o'clock in the morning and I'm going, man, you know, we're on our way out of town. And <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah, for sure. The pluses and the minuses for sure. Uh, what if you could wave a magic wand over this community? And um, I know I didn't say I was going to ask this question, so I'm putting you a little bit on the spot. But if you could wave a wand over the area, what would you change? Well, there's a couple things. Uh, I think our community has got a great split. In I'm, I'm not a big politician. I, I will say this. I'm thinking, you know, in the next 20 years or so, uh, definitely getting involved in uh, local uh, 
government, uh, you know, city council, mayor stuff. But, you know, our community has got a good split. You know, it's you've got the red side and the blue side. And, and there are some people down the middle. And I think we lose track of we get emotionally charged about things that are happening versus working together and fixing them. Um, you know, this town was founded on mining and logging and, and the gold rush. And I'm not saying that there wasn't problems then, but, you know, everybody had a job and their goal was the same thing. You know, part of the goal was building a great community that everybody could be, uh, fruit, get, be fruitful from. Um, and I think if I could wave, wave a wand, it would be, you know, to bring more unity to this community. Um, because ultimately we all really do want the same things. We want the best, uh, community in the state of California. We want people to come to Grass Valley in Nevada city and go, why isn't our community like this one? Why isn't it as clean as this? Why aren't the schools as, uh, as strong as, you know, why aren't our schools as strong as Grass Valley in Nevada city? Why aren't our public park and services as strong as Grass Valley in Nevada city? And I think that if I can wave a magic wand, it would be uh, really bringing uh, more unity together. And that just takes communication and it takes being open-minded and it takes being hearing and it takes sometimes listening and just going, you know what? I don't always have to be right, but we're going to get this done together. Yes. I, I'm, you have an interesting perspective because you have uh you know, the sports and community, but you also have academics and the, the whole um, issues around schooling right now, which must add a layer. Oh, yeah, it, it, it does. Um, you know, in our school, um, bless, bless its heart, is, it, it is, uh, I, I equate it to our, our nation's flag in many ways. It's been through a lot, but every day the doors open and every day uh, we've got teachers and administration uh, classified and certificated staff that are doing everything they can um, to provide the highest education possible. Um, and I'm a believer in that. And I believe that if all of us work together, we can make it even better. And I'll keep beating that drum until I can't beat it anymore. Well, I'm guessing with all the distractions, actual learning cannot be easy for these kids. Well, it can't. And, you know, I put that fault on us um, because ultimately that's our fault. Um, and we've got to do a better job with uh, creating clear paths uh, and uh, resources for our students to be uh, successful. And then, um, again, as the instructors, we've got to do our part with providing those resources. And um, it's been a hard time, you know, with COVID. And, um, but, you know, like I tell our kids, uh, you know, excuses are like, you know, but everybody has one and they, they all think. So um, we have to, you know, it's our job as educators and leaders of our school to, to provide that and to make it the best. And obviously for some of those kids, as, as you mentioned with the one you mentored, might be the only thing they have stable in their life. Yeah. You know, if you really think about this, um, it, with everything that's going on, kids are still coming to school. 
<laughs> so that should tell you something. They really want to be there. Uh, and they may want to be there for multiple reasons. They may want to be there to socialize with their friends. They may want to be there because they want to be in choir or band or in drama. Uh, they may want to be there because they love our culinary program or our sports med program or volleyball or baseball or basketball or football or whatever. But that's why they want to be there. And, you know, I feel that I'm a servant of the community and it's my job to provide that. And, you know, um, it's going to get better. It, it, it is. And uh, I believe in the steps we're taking to move forward. And uh, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to make it better. Well, we have just about a minute left. So with the 60 seconds, do you have some final thoughts that you wanted to share about the importance of civic engagement and leadership in general? Well, I'm, a, I'm a true believer in servant leadership. And servant leadership is about giving the people uh, that you work with the tools and resources to be successful. And it's kind of funny. My wife has a, got a master's degree in it and uh, is the director of ser surgical services, and she believes in servant leadership. And if you give people those tools, uh, they're going to be successful, and then ultimately you look like a genius. But it, it really was all on them because you gave them the tools and the resources. Well, I really appreciate you, Brad, and taking the time. And also, again, what a leader you are being to our youth. Um, I have to say go Miners, of course. And uh, with about 20 seconds left, what are we looking for? It's March. Football must be starting, yes? Yeah, I'll tell you what we're looking for. Uh, an FBL championship, a uh, section championship, and a state one. And we won't stop until we get there. Well, thank you. Thank you, Brad Sparks. I'm Holly Grimaldi-Flores. You've been listening to The Sages Among Us on KVMR.